0: Thanks for joining us at Truth Matters Church. As we've learned in our studies, the Old Testament plays a critical role in properly interpreting end times prophecy. Today we look at the clues found in Scripture to learn more about the breaking of the first seal, as told in Revelation chapter 6, and see how Daniel's visions play into future events. For best context, download the PDF slides for this study at truthmatterschurch.org. Here is Pastor Alex.
1: As I mentioned in our introductory comments, today will be what I would consider a short study as what we may be accustomed to, and short meaning half of the deck that we have probably are used to having on a regular basis. And the title for this short study is The First Seal and the Lion King. And the first seal was where we last left off The last time we got together and we covered Revelation 6 in the first two verses, and we took a look at the lamb breaking that first seal and the summoning of this rider and a white horse, and he went out conquering and to conquer. And this Lion King reference is from Daniel's four great beasts vision, the first beast that Daniel saw coming out of the great sea was described as a lion with eagle wings. And when we look at the interpretation of this first beast, when the angel gave Daniel the interpretation, he said that these four great beasts which you saw coming out of the great sea are four kings, meleks, actual rulers, individuals, or figures, hence the description of us calling him the Lion King. So the title of the short study is The First Seal and the Lion King. And why are we going in this direction? It's always good to find some buffers in our study because we can get so intense and a lot of truth and scripture and information can be thrown at you and me that we don't know what to do with it. So strategically, this is a good time for us to kind of mix things up and decompress a bit. Because where we find ourselves, I'm making a pretty bold argument. Because I'm arguing that the first seal and the first beast that Daniel saw in his vision are connected. That's a big argument. And we didn't make this up. We've been going at the pace that we've been going and doing our due diligence and using Scripture with Scripture, and I'd like to take the short time to help us understand why why are we connecting the two? Because there's lots of teachings out there that will suggest that the first seal was already broken some time ago, and many teachings out there that'll say, you know, the four great beasts that Daniel saw, these four kings happened at the time right after Daniel. And yet here we are saying, wait, wait, no, it's even ahead of us. It hasn't happened yet. How did we get there? That's why I'm not rushing through this. So I want to remind and show us how they are connected. And I want to remind and show us how the visions took us to the eastern part of the world. And I'd like to show us why we're placing these visions together following the breaking of Of the first seal. Then, after we do that, just to remind ourselves kind of where we're at and why we're here, then I want to play two videos to have a pulse of where the world is heading and how the world is seemingly converging and aligning both of these visions. Guys, the world is changing rapidly, rapidly. We will see how even the world events and the rapid change is converging. To prophecy of thousands of years ago, that there is no way someone like Daniel saw the end. And he did. And I think where the world is headed, it's going to help us understand some of those things. So that's why we're having this study the way we're having it. So get familiar with this. This has been my best effort to try to put together a timeline Chronicling the sequences of things. If I really had it my way, I would have this wall completely white. You know, there's some some of those crazy people. I call them crazy, but you go like they'll have like a dot here. um, What do you call it? A a thumbtack here, thumbtack here, and then like a string kind of connects them, and then it connects here. I want to do that. I'm actually I'm actually doing that in my head and I'm trying my best to organize it so that you can see how everything connects. But if I had it my way, I'd rather do it that way because when Daniel gives descriptions of certain kings and after a certain king, after a certain king, I would really like that we build that profile of that person. And then we could say, okay, that person can't be what John saw here because this person had this characteristic, so it's not that, it's here. And you see how everything kind of comes together. But I'm doing that. And I'm able to at least try to do it because we're going at a very snail piece. But this was my best effort to take all that and present it before you. I want to put a disclaimer even on this. Don't look at the... This isn't scale, meaning like the seven seals take this much block of time and then the seven trumpets take this much block of time and then the seven bulls take this... No. This is just intended to show you that when the seventh seal is broken, then the seven trumpets began. And then when the seventh trumpet was blown, then the seven bowls. So this is just trying to help show the sequence of these judgments. If in, in, in reality, it should be a slope because some of the seals, for example, have a time marker, five months. So before, if we can scale between the fifth and sixth seal, whatever five months would look on a timeline, it would kind of go at a slope. And then when you get from the sixth to the Seventh seal. There was what three and a half years. Then there would be a bigger slope from the sixth to the seventh. So you can kind of see how far the seals are from one another. But that's a lot of that's a lot of uh, I think skill that I don't have. But this was my effort, taking all that we've learned and trying to give us something to look at. And where we're spending much of today is this left side of this constructed timeline. Because when the breaking of the first seal happens, I'm arguing that a king will arise, wage war, destroy Jerusalem and its sanctuary. That coincides with that is this lion king with eagle's wings. And I put here, that's the beginning of Israel's destruction. So I'm going to spend this time, how did we get there? So that you can have some idea of how we got there using the scripture, not opinion. We're like, we took this with this, and this is where we landed. And this was my best effort in trying to put that together for us. So let's talk about how they are connected, that left side. This is a big word. There's strong synergies between Daniel and Revelation. And a good way to look at synergy, if I can use an illustration, think of a magnet that just keeps wanting to come together. There's strong synergies between Daniel and Revelation. And one of those synergies is, I've mentioned this before, Daniel ends, seal up vision and prophecy until the end. John, given this great vision, and you have the lamb as if slain, who was found worthy, breaking what was sealed, beginning in this first seal. That in and of itself is a synergy between Daniel and Revelation. Daniel saw Four winds stirring up the great sea, the Rabyam. And he saw four great beasts were coming up out of the sea. When we looked at the Aramaic, the Rabyam was speaking about the great Mediterranean Sea. And it so happens that the Middle East, including the land of Israel, is off the coast of this Rabyam. Daniel was given the interpretation of who the four great beasts are, Here's the verse. The angel told Daniel, chapter 7, verse 17, These great beasts, which are four in number, are four kings who will arise from the earth. If you're taking notes, four beasts is four kings. In the Aramaic, meleks. When you look at the Hebrew equivalent of that word, it's describing an actual ruler, an actual king, an actual prince. In here, in what would be comparable here in the United States, our president, who is the leader of this great nation. And he says, the angel told Daniel that these four beasts, great beasts, which are four in number, are four kings who will arise from the earth. So it's definitely ahead of Daniel, and more on that later. There's more synergies, how. Da- uh, between Daniel and Revelation, when John in heaven saw the lamb break the first seal, he heard one of the four living creatures say, as with the voice of thunder, "Come." And when you get to the breaking of the first seal, you get the rider of the white horse, the breaking of the seventh seal, you get the rider on the red horse breaking of the third seal, rider on the black horse, rider on the fourth seal, or the breaking of the fourth seal, rider on an ashen or a pale green horse. The four horsemen, as they're often called. And we learned last time that the four horsemen are four angels performing their given task. So when our Lord Jesus broke that first seal, and the first of the four living creature Said, with a lot, said as with thunder, come. And he saw a rider on a white horse given a crown and a bow. And he went on conquering and to conquer. His task was to conquer. He went on conquering and to conquer. Now I don't want to get too spiritual here. But when you look at the book of Daniel itself, when Daniel offered up prayer, do you remember the story? It took three weeks for Gabriel to reach Daniel. And he got apprehended, and he had to get Michael to help him and get out of the apprehension. But Gabriel told Daniel, as soon as you lifted up your prayer, I was sent. But in Daniel's time, it took three weeks, because in the heavenlies, there was things going on. So on this conquering and the conquer, there is some element in the angelic realm that we don't understand. But it will materialize on This side. But all that is to say these four horsemen are four angels. And whatever is written in that first seal, that's their task. And that's what they're gonna do. You notice I didn't say that's the Antichrist, or that's this, or that's that. Um, if it aligns up there, so be it. But we're sticking to the scripture. This rider on the white horse was given a crown and a bow, and he went on conquering and to conquer. And there wasn't an interpretation that was given. Oh, the, wider, the rider on the white horse is X, Y, and Z. Like, just like Daniel was given the interpretation of who these four great beasts are. If the scripture doesn't give the interpretation, I'm not going to make one up. But when we looked at Zechariah, and we saw other colored horses, and we saw that the riders of those horses were angels, then these four horsemen are quite literally angels. Angels given a crown. In this case, the first one was given a crown and a bow, and he went out conquering and to conquer, and there's some element in the angelic realm, but then it'll, it might take some time for it to manifest on this side of heaven, just like it took some time for Gabriel when he was sent to even get to Daniel, and in that example, it took three weeks. Are you following me? There's even more synergies. Like, I'm, Remember, I'm, I'm connecting this. I'm connecting the first seal the breaking of the first seal with this rider on the with the lion king there's four winds stirring up the great sea and in revelation there was four living creatures conjuring four horsemen all angelic activity then there's four great beasts or four kings who will arise from the earth and as i mentioned this will be as a result of angelic activity here's the translation of this synergy both Daniel and John saw what transpired in the heavenlies. The four living creatures summoned the four horsemen to carry out what was written in the sealed book scroll, and it manifests on earth when this first of four kings rises in power and dominion. So with that, how did we get to the eastern part of the world? We're like, okay, if these four great beasts in Daniel's vision coming up out of the great sea are four kings and this aligns with the breaking of the first seal and the rider of the white horse went out conquering and to conquer and when it manifests itself on earth this first king is going to arise why is it going to be in the eastern part of the world and not let's say here i'll show us how we got there our practice has been i try to look for similar words in the original language that was used in other places of scripture Meaning this, whatever lion was, I I looked at all the lions in all of Scripture to see what it can tell us. And I was drawn to Jeremiah 50. Because Jeremiah, interestingly enough, he calls a king or kings lions. In Jeremiah 50, verse 17, he says, Israel is scattered like a flock. The lions have driven him away. The first one who devoured him was the king of Assyria. And this last one who has broken his bones is Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. So I took this as our first clue, that this first great beast, this lion king, will be from ancient Assyria or ancient Babylon. So then what I did from there was, I said, okay, what resources are out there? What part of the world did Assyria conquer, and then how far... How much farther did the babylonian kingdom conquer and it's fairly the same nebuchadnezzar and his kingdom the babylonian kingdom went a little further but not by much but i try to get these resources and i said okay wherever that takes us then this first great beast with eagle wings that daniel saw as a lion i'm going to stick to that region and Daniel gives us characteristic of this king. He said he had eagle's wing, eagle wings. And I looked at scripture. Okay, when was eagle or eagle wings used? And how can that help us with this description of this king? And I was drawn also to Jeremiah. Here's what I found. Eagle wings is associated with capturing and seizing. I want to read Jeremiah 48, beginning in verse 40. For thus says the Lord, Behold, one will fly swift like an eagle and spread out his wings against Moab. Kerioth has been captured, and the strongholds have been seized. So the hearts of the mighty men of Moab in that day will be like the heart of a woman in labor. So I took that as another clue. This lion with eagle wings that is speaking of a world ruler was described as having eagle wings and when we looked at the association of eagle wings it is associated with capturing and seizing so this first lion king will be an eagle like an eagle in that he will capture and seize But it'll be specific, as we will see in the next clue. I'm going to introduce this third clue. I haven't introduced this in past studies, so this is something different. But it supplements what we're learning. I want to look at an eagle reference in Deuteronomy 28. How many of us are familiar with Deuteronomy 28? It's the chapter of blessing and cursing. God, through Moses, promised the people of Israel, if you are careful to obey all that I've commanded you, and don't run after other gods, but yet seek to please him. He says, you will be exceedingly blessed. You will be blessed among all the nations. You will, you know, you will, your, your crops in the rain and season. You know, you will, your, your children will live pretty much a long life. People will be borrowing from you. You'll be the head and not the tail and so forth. He said, you are going to be exceedingly blessed, my people if you do all and you're careful to observe all that I'm commanding you. But also in this chapter, and that took 14 verses. The next 53 verses? But if you do not obey or be careful to obey and observe all these commanded you, you're going to be exceedingly cursed. So everything that he promised as blessing will instead be cursing. And when you read it, it's pretty graphic. You know what? Our God whom we love, serve, trust, and obey. What he warned the people of Israel, if you're not careful, among other things, among the calamities, even the pestilences and the boils, among all those things, he says you're going to eat your children. What? You're going to eat your children. Or you're going to run out of people to eat. That's how much in despair you're going to be. And that's the extent of the punishment and the cost for disobeying him now within this chapter he makes mention of an eagle and this was part of the cursing and i want to pick it up in verse 49 so deuteronomy 28 and i want to pick it up in verse 49 the lord will bring a nation against you from afar from the end of the earth As the eagle swoops down, a nation whose language you shall not understand, that's speaking of a Gentile nation, a nation of fierce continents who will have no respect for the old nor show favor to the young. So a part of this cursing, our Lord used the imagery of an eagle. And in this case, a nation from the end of the earth will come like an eagle and overtake them as part of this cursing. That is to say, not only are eagle wings associated with a king capturing and seizing swiftly like an eagle, but it is used to describe a nation rising up against Israel as punishment and judgment for their disobedience of their sin. So I took this as a third clue about this lion king with eagle wings. This first king with the lion with eagle wings will be a a king or a ruler of a nation who will subdue and overtake the land and the people of Israel. So we've put that together. This lion king, when we kept with the kingdoms that were associated and called as lions that made up these present-day countries, Turkey, Syria, Lebanon, Israel, Jordan, Egypt. And whoever this king is, and I'm arguing it's going to be on that part of the world, This first great beast, lion king, will be from ancient Assyria, ancient Babylon. This first king will capture and seize swiftly like an eagle. And this first king, this lion with eagle wings, will be a king or a ruler of a nation who will subdue and overtake the land and people of Israel. That's how we got here. Now to our last question. Okay, how can we be certain that the lion king with eagle wings hasn't arrived yet. How can we be certain? And I try to take a picture of Daniel 7, verse 4. Let me read it to us again. This is what Daniel saw. The first of this great beast that was coming up out of the great sea was like a lion and had the wings of an eagle. And I kept looking until its wings were plucked and it was lifted up from the ground and made to stand on two feet like a man. Let me say it another way, like a statue, like a statue. That's what it means in the Aramaic. It was made to stand on two feet like a man. You want an example of what that looks like? The Statue of Liberty. That was made to stand like this person holding, like a statue, standing like a man and holding the torch. I'm not sure of the size, but after the wings were plucked. It was lifted up from the ground and made to stand on two feet like a man. How many? What do lions walk with? How many legs? But this lion was lifted from the ground and it was made to stand on two feet like a man. Bizarre. So any Bible teachers or prophecy teachers that says, oh, this was ancient Babylon or ancient uh, Medo-Persia or Greece, and then Rome. Well, how are you going to explain this prophecy to make it fit them? How was ancient Babylon, or let's say ancient Babylon, Medo-Persia, the uh, Greco-Macedonian Empire, or the Roman Empire, how were any of them made to, like a statue and made to stand on two feet like a man? So how can you even say that? How about we say, I don't know? As, just like Daniel, like, close the book, I don't know. People come to and fro, and information, or information will increase. How about we just leave it like that? Rather than just saying, nope, this is when this first beast lion with eagle's wings. What are you standing on when all of Scripture is relevant? This is a piece of a puzzle. You can't just say, I don't like that piece. But you like all the other pieces that you are able to put together. But here it says, not only was it made to stand on two feet like a man, a human mind was given to it. So let it settle. Let's just admit this is bizarre from the time of daniel whatever this it sounds bizarre how can a king who was described as a lion with eagle wings have his wings plucked taken up from the ground made to stand on two feet like a man kind of like a statue and a human mind be given to it that made absolutely no sense for the thousands of years since this book was written until now I believe this has strong hints of an artificial life form. And we couldn't even conceive of this since Daniel wrote this. So Daniel wrote this somewhere around 500, in the mid-500 BC, somewhere around there. So if you add, let's say, 530 plus, what is it, 2023, we're talking about 2,500 years. What he wrote here, we had no idea of what this could possibly be. But our world events is converging and aligning where now we're seeing some strong possibilities of what he saw. And I'm, I'm going I'm to jump a little bit ahead here. You guys, you guys with me? I'm going to jump a little bit ahead. When we get to the mark of the beast, then whoever that spokesperson, I call him the false prophet, that came out of the earth, that commanded everyone to worship the beast and his what? Image. Icon. Also, statue. Daniel saw this great statue, a head of gold, chest, arms of silver, belly, and uh, thighs of bronze, and iron. And when we looked at that study, that represented the world power at the end. And yet, when we get to the mark of the beast, they were commanded to make an image and worship it. How can I make an image and worship something? Well, we've done it as a people over time by making actual idols. Have you considered a digital image? Have you considered that this image could be digital? So now with this, I know this is all, this is crazy. That's why I'm in no rush for this study. And probably if if I even tried to do this, not even last year or years, we wouldn't. None of this would even materialize But where we are in this point in time It's like oh okay let's pay attention to what's going on And I mentioned this to you John The drop the mic moment Where you, you know they call you drop the mic When it says a human mind was given to it You drop the mic that, That's scripture Whoever this king is This first king Described as a lion with eagle wings A human mind will be given to it Don't explain that away that's to drop the mic. And we need to humble ourselves and be like, okay, well then, that obviously hasn't happened yet. But there's always been this thirst and desire for immortality. And even among the elitists, there is this desire to somehow figure out to download your consciousness and preserve it so that it can be deposited somewhere else. Not to mention this introduction of artificial intelligence. So that's why I'm saying that this lion with eagle wings, when when Daniel saw four great beasts coming out of the great sea and the angel told him that those are four kings, that the first of those kings will be given an artificial mind or will be given a human mind and it could potentially be an artificial one. Unless we somehow advance in our technology where you can actually take a human mind and put it in it. So ladies and gentlemen, that's how we got here. That's how we're connecting everything. I believe Daniel and John saw the same thing. And this is all focused towards the end and centered on the people and the land
0: of Israel. Thanks for joining us today at Truth Matters Church. We once again see the importance of taking the whole of Scripture and its original audience and context as we aim to properly interpret these prophetic passages. Any good Bible student must approach Scripture with a humble and an open heart, knowing that true understanding comes only from setting aside man's ideas and allowing the whole of Scripture and the Holy Spirit to lead us and to guide us into all understanding. If you're being blessed by this study, consider joining us live, in person, or online on Friday nights. You can find out where and when on our website, truthmatterschurch.org. Contending for the faith one verse at a time, this is Truth Matters Church.